Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V Radio. Good evening, and welcome to this edition of V Radio. Uh, tonight, I'm actually going to be starting a new tradition, so to speak, that uh, depending on what's going on at home, I'm hoping to be able to uh, actually repeat it fairly regularly. Uh, basically, I'm just going to be, you know, recording a segment of, you know, reading different news articles that I think are relevant to the Zeitgeist Movement, the Venus Project, and the various other activism I cover, including the Occupy Movement. Um, and just, you know, obviously giving some analysis and spin from my perspective. Uh, only I'm honest, I'll call it spin. Uh, I saw a lot of stuff today, actually, about the issue of Internet uh, freedom and all of that privacy. So I'll definitely be talking about that today with from a different couple of different articles. I will be sourcing these articles uh, so that it's clear that I'm I'm basically just trying to share some stuff with you guys. And that way you can listen to your news in an audio format like I know many of you do and uh, if you ever think of anything that you believe is newsworthy then uh, don't hesitate to link it to me so that I can include it in one of these broadcasts I'm actually hoping to do these broadcasts uh, very regularly so in fact I'm gonna shoot for every day but that's why I said uh, you know you have no idea how that will play out until you give it a try so for those of you who this is your first episode of listening to V Radio, please check out my website, v or v radioorg That's V as in Victor, m- hyphen or minus, radio, the word, dot org. Uh, there you can go to the archives and find lots of great shows, interviews with scientists, documentary filmmakers, uh, activists, you know, just people from all over the world who are engaged in uh, trying to bring awareness of the situations that we talk about here on V Radio. So check this out. I'm actually going to be giving out the link because I forgot to do so earlier. So there we go. And um, so today, uh, also at my website, you know, you can check out the must-see TV list, which is a list of free documentaries that you can check out on the Internet. Uh, they're all, like I would say, really good uh, and important to anybody who wants to be an activist. Um, in addition to that, uh, you can go to my links section, check out a lot of other uh, related topics um, as far as like you know different people that I either endorse or at least want to spread knowledge of. You know, including uh, Storm Clouds Gathering. It's a great guy who does a lot of YouTube's. Uh, different information you're going to find from people like Ben Stewart, the filmmaker of Chimatica and Esoteric Agenda. So, in any case, I'm almost finished here with uh, my spreading the word. And um, to those of you uh, who have been supporting V Radio, I want to also give my thanks. Uh, new Chip and Widget for this month is up. And uh, for the most part, I've been doing okay. I have been coming up a little short that um, I managed to squeeze that out in other ways. And if things continue to improve, then um, I'll actually be doing much better. So we shall see. Uh, In the meantime, um, the first article that I'm going to be talking about today actually is about uh, Congressman Ron Paul, who is the uh, referred to as a libertarian congressman in Texas. Now, uh, Congressman Paul believes in a lot of things that I would say that members of the Zeitgeist movement, you know, would agree with, and but it's mostly stuff in regards to um, things like foreign policy, you know, and civil liberties. But uh, his financial ideas obviously are not really in line. He's a bit of a free market libertarian type. So, 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring up the article now. This is sourced by Russia Today, and it's called Ron Paul Attacks CISPA in Urgent Call to Oppose Big Brother Bill. Imagine having government-approved employees embedded at Facebook, complete with federal security clearances, serving as conduits for secret information about their American customers. That's not a hypothetical. Those words are a verbatim excerpt from the concerned GOP presidential help, uh, hopeful Congressman Ron Paul. The Republican representative from Texas asks Americans to consider the draconian uh, dilemma before it becomes a reality. It will be all be possible under a new bill slated for discussion on Capitol Hill this week. The legislation is a question, uh, or in question is CIS, um, CISPA, CISPA, the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act, and the United States Congress is expected to meet in Washington, D.C. this week to propose advancing the bill all the way to the White House. In an address released to the public on early Monday this week, Congressman Paul addresses uh, to his supporters his concerns over the bill by outlining just what Really, the federal government could accomplish if it can move CISPA all the way to the Oval Office for President Barack Obama's approval. The bill is being touted as a necessary legislation to crack down on threats of cyber terrorism. What is really being done behind the uh, damning verbiage, though, is something much worse, warns Dr. Paul. CISPA, this is a quote, is essentially an Internet monitoring bill that permits both the federal government and the private companies to view your private online communications with no judicial oversight provided, of course, that they do so in the name of cybersecurity. That sounds very familiar. It sounds an awful lot like the Patriot Act, only this for the Internet. Back to the article. Although advertised as an implement to ensure national safety, the lawmakers that penned CISBA were not exactly clear as to what constitutes cybersecurity when drafting the bill. The result, warrants Paul, is a legislation that, if passed, will let the government pry into the personal correspondences of anyone in America if the feds believe that, by their interpretation, it poses some sort of threat to the country. Further quote, The bill is very broadly written and allows the Department of Homeland Security to obtain large swabs of personal information contained in your email or other online communications, warns the presidential hopeful. It also allows email and other private information uh, found online to be used for the purposes far beyond any reasonable definition of fighting cyber-terrorism. End quote. The House and the Senate considered similar laws earlier this year, but in those instances, huge online protests were waged against the bills in question. The Stop Online Piracy Act and the Protect Intellectual Property Act, or SOPA, and PIPA, respectively. After national outrage erupted over both of those proposed laws, the American public saw that it both acts that both acts were eradicated before the pre- saw to it. I'm sorry, that both acts were eradicated before the president could approve them. Only a few months down the road, however, Ron Paul says that the same censorship clauses attempted by Congress only weeks earlier are once again up for debate, only under a new name. Quote, we should never underestimate the federal government's insatiable desire to control the Internet, he says. Further quoting, CISPA represents an alarming form of corporatism as it further intertwines government with companies like Google and Facebook, continues the congressman. It permits them to hand over your private communications to government officials without a warrant, circumventing the well-known established federal laws like the Wiretapped Act and the Electronic Communications Privacy Act. It also grants them broad immunity from lawsuits for doing so, leaving you without a recourse for invasion of privacy. He adds, Opponents are already attacking Congress and those responsible for CSIPA before the bill can be brought before another vote. With critics paling in numbers when compared to the backlash earlier this year against SOPA, 
However, it currently stands to be an uphill battle for proponents of an open Internet waging a war against what Paul calls a Big Brother writ that cuts into the resources of the private industry to work for the nefarious purpose of spying on the American people. We can only hope the American people respond to CISBA as they did with SOPA back in January, concludes the congressman. So basically what you're looking at is they've realized that, you know, as, as was actually, I've read other articles about the same legislation earlier, which is what prompted me to include this in the show. Um, they're looking at trying to create a way to uh, effectively wiretap uh, things like Skype, uh, TeamSpeak 3, uh, that was actually brought up in a different article, and they're hiring tech specialists whose job is to do that. Um, there was actually, the FBI has recently created a section about that, and we'll certainly get into that on this show, provided I could find the, the article again. I'm pretty sure it's connected right here, but in any case, uh, as you can see, it, you know, basically, I'm sure that there are incidents of cyber terrorism uh, but that's not really what I've been hearing. I don't hear about, you know, uh, suicide bombers on the Internet uh, blowing things up or something to that effect. It's, you know, I think they are probably actually referring to things like uh, anonymous, you know, and WikiLeaks kind of stuff when they're talking about cyber terrorism. And another thing that I always mention to the, the troll personalities when they're running around using their quote-unquote free speech is that the more that they do stuff like that, they make people more and more comfortable with the idea that maybe the government should have some role in regulating the Internet. Let's see if there's any uh, response in the chat room as of yet. And, uh, But in any case, no, nope, nobody yet. So I also didn't really give the link out to this show as promptly, but in the future I'll be doing it uh, a lot more ahead of time. So... Consider for a moment, folks, that, you know, essentially we are looking at the possibility of the Internet, you know, becoming something that they are allowed to just wiretap without any, you know, any kind of judicial oversight. For those of you who are not really understanding what that means, um, basically they're not going to have to get warrants. They could just listen in on your Internet activity as long as they're doing it in the name of stopping cyber terrorism. Now, just like with the Patriot Act, I've seen, you know, for example, Patriot Act was supposedly designed to stop terrorism, but uh, I have had people on my show in the past, for example, who've been brought in for drug charges or different issues, wherein the Patriot Act was actually used to gather information on them. So they used the uh, warrantless wiretapping provisions of the Patriot Act to arrest people for marijuana possession and things like that. Um, and you can only bet that, you know, as the Internet uh, situation progresses, that that's probably just going to get worse. Um, so, in any case, we have Stop uh, Cyber Spying Week. Um, Americans who don't file their taxes or an extension this week will be left waiting for the IRS to come knocking at their door. But is that the biggest threat to the government poses right now? Some watchdogs groups warn, not at all. Opponents of online censorship bills being considered by Congress under the guise of the nation's cybersecurity concerns are relaunching a counter-campaign this week. Advocates, fi advocates fighting for an open Internet are concerned about how the federal government is attempting to once again restrict access to the web for millions of Americans and once again are waging a war on the lawmakers looking to extinguish the freedom of information. 
Only four months after a massive campaign to crush SOPA, the Stop Online Piracy Act, ended in the bill's collapse, activists are once again taking their leave our internet alone message to the web. The U.S. Congress is expected to have a vote regarding SOPA's top secret cousin next week, the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act of 2011. This is the CISBA we were reading about earlier. So, um, and if opponents have anything to do with it, this bill will be brought to a crushing defeat thanks to angry web users ready to fight to the right, uh, fight right for their rights to surf. Fight for your right. Yeah, I, I got that out of it too. CISPA would allow companies to monitor private email, internet searches, and other online activity, and then share information with the government under an excessively broad definition of cyber threat. Uh, cautions the D.C.-based Center for Democracy and Technology, D.C.T. Under CISPA, the government could do almost anything with this information, including using it for purposes not related to cybersecurity. The information could go directly to the National Security Agency, a military agency that operates secretly and with little public accountability. Sounds spooky? It's, certain, it's certainly not sci-fi, and some are worried CISPA could become a reality very soon. Under the bill, the government can dig into and share any information directly pertaining to a vulnerability of or threat to a computer network, but what constitutes those attacks is really open-ended. Once again, sounds like they're trying to target Anonymous. Uh, for the quote, the broad base of support for this bill shows that Congress recognizes the urgent need to help our private sector better defend itself from these invidious or in, insidious attacks. Uh, U.S. Representative Mike Rogers, Republican of Michigan, boo! He's from my home state. Screw that fascist. Sedona is submitting the bill to Congress well, as he was submitting it. Unlike SOPA, though, CISPA has yet to garner the type of attention that was instrumental in killing the, that bill before Congress could approve it. Additionally, Gannett News report that both Facebook and Microsoft are on the list of around 30 companies that are pushing to get CIS, CISPA approved. All that support could crumble this week, though, at least if everything goes as planned for those behind the Stop Cyber um, Spying Week, which kicked off on Monday. The goal of uh, Stop Cyber Spying Week is simple. Get Congress to back off any cyber-snooping legislation that sacrifices the civil liberties of Internet users, explains the Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF, in a press release published on Monday, April 16th. (laughs) That was about a while ago. Along with the support of the CDT, other opponents of so-called cyber-spy legislation, the EFF is attempting to raise awareness this week about the sequel to SOPA that was snuck into Congress by American lawmakers earlier this year. The groups have thus decided to come together this week to launch a campaign that they hope will emulate the success of the massive Internet blackout earlier this year supported by Wikipedia, Reddit, and other major websites, and was instrumental at ending SOPA with its, and, and its sister le- uh, legislation, the Protect IP Act, dead in its tracks. So uh, I think I've actually gone on enough about this particular topic, but I think one of the biggest points that they're trying to get at here, folks, is that if you don't want things like this to get passed, it's kind of your duty, so to speak, as a citizen to actively do something about it. And actively doing something about it is not just spreading the link about it on Facebook. It's it's actually about you know going out and, and getting something done you know in some form of collective activism. And so... Um, that said, I'm actually going to shift us on to a different topic now. And uh, somebody actually, one of the things that brought this to my attention was someone suggested that uh, most panhandlers or homeless people refuse to work. Uh, so I went around looking for different articles talking about this topic 
And to be honest with you, in comparison, for example, most of the people who, who list articles like these are obviously not people who spend a lot of time uh, hanging out with homeless people. You know, and I, you know, I warrant that there are, in fact, people, you know, who make panhandling into a lifestyle. I'm, I'm sure that's true. However, the notion that most homeless people are like that, or even that many homeless people are like that, you know, I just, I think all of that is unfounded. And I think that, especially since, you know, when you ask them for hard statistics, oh, okay, so you're suggesting that most or a lot of people, you know, do this or whatever. It, remember what I told you folks earlier, be wary of it. Whenever somebody uses a term like most, a lot of, more and more, you know, these are all hot button issues, like uh, hot button terms that allow you to kind of bring attention to a concept without having to offer anything resembling actual statistics. And this is important when you're trying to mislead somebody about something because, you know, you can just say that and then you don't have to qualify it with anything. If you remember the documentary Outfoxed Rupert Murdoch's War on Journalism, uh, not to mention Orwell Rolls in His Grave, both of these documentaries totally revealed the fact that people had a tendency to just abuse those concepts, you know, just kind of basically use that to say more and more people are this and more and more people are that. Why is this important? The reason that it's important is because of the fact that people, you know, have a tendency that they will go along with something if they hear it enough. You know, that's the repeat the lie often enough. If you hear something frequently, it activates your pack mentality center. And generally, I would say, you know, human beings, you know, we're not hive creatures, obviously, but, you know, there are signals of danger in a hive that, uh, you know, cause certain behaviors. And the same is basically true of packs. And as a result, you can get people to just go along with anything if they hear it often enough because people don't want to be considered to be outside you know, of the pack. So they go along with whatever the pack is saying because the fear of being ostracized by the pack, especially in a hunter-gatherer society, is far more dangerous uh, as far as the fear than you know, just being wrong about something. So the way that relates to what we're talking about today, you know, uh, are there panhandlers you know, that uh, are just like, basically you know, hassling people or whatever, but... We go with uh, readers' personal experiences with panhandlers are all over the ballpark, which only confirms the main point of this person's front page column. By the way, this is on uh, Relish the Cooking Show. Bob Dyer is the name of the guy who wrote this article. Um, and that's why I refuse to give them any... Okay, I'm sorry. You can't tell whether panhandlers are legit just by looking, and that's why I refuse to give any of them a dime. I was indignated with responses after I wrote about accompanying an Akron, Akron landlord who asked five panhandlers whether they would be willing to help with chores, such as painting. To the surprise of both of us, all five wanted to work. Or as I said in the column, at least they said they wanted to work. Um, the guy basically goes on to describe that you know people are going out and offering jobs to homeless people and not necessarily getting a reply. I think it's important to point out that, you know, of course, you have no idea who, you know, who he asked and what the situation was. But in addition to that, one thing you do learn, because there are people that clearly don't, they don't have any other motivation other than to get, you know, to the next day. And in a lot of cases, these people who have that response are, well, 
insane or they're drug addicted. And yeah, so when you're dealing with people like that, they're they're looking for whatever you can hand them just so that they can get to their next fix. You know, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, you know, whatever. But I think that it's important to know, you know, and I should probably go back to the original point that that started this whole conversation. So a friend of mine was passing around this sign on Facebook, and the sign said the $50 lesson, and it said, you know, it tells the story about how uh, this couple of liberals uh, and their little girl uh, go somewhere to, like, school or something, and, you know, and then the, the guy who made, you know, who's basically telling the story in the, in this, on the sign says, you know, well, what do you want to do when you grow up, little girl? And the little girl says, I want to be president of the United States. And he's like, well, what would you do if you were president of the United States? And she said, well, I'd give homes to all the homeless people and food to all the homeless people. And he's like, okay, well, you don't have to wait to be president to do that. Why don't you just come over to my house and you can pull weeds and mow my lawn and I'll give you 50 bucks and then I'll take you to the supermarket where the homeless people hang out and, you know, you can give them the money yourself. And then they, you know, and then, so the little girl said, well, why don't, you know, you just take the homeless people over to your house and have them pull the, you know, the weeds and all that, and then you can give them the $50. And the guy says to the little girl, welcome to the Republican Party. <laughs> so my response to that, especially, you know, directly into that conversation was, you know, okay, so is he also going to tell the little girl that, you know, the reason why a lot of people are homeless is because their jobs have been outsourced? And by whom? Well, I mean, it's not to say that Republicans necessarily are the only people responsible for legislation that leads to outsourcing, but it's definitely something that they're big on, you know, deregulate everything. You know, it is was the little girl informed by this gentleman that uh, his party also, you know, favored the war in Iraq? You know, is he going to, you know, I actually kind of drafted it and put it together uh, you know, is his party, for example, going to uh, or like take this little girl to Iraq to see the slaughtered children that have all died there? You know, because uh, the people who basically own his party wanted to secure the oil interests for themselves. You know, obviously not. You know, and that's why. You know, of course, <laughs> that's another thing that I'm, I'm glad that I'm I'm talking about this because. It's something that I brought up in one of my videos, and I did not do as good of a job with the video. But while I was in New Mexico, I recorded a video uh, because this is a problem that I see frequently, and that is that people are suggesting, well, we've got to get Obama out of office. And so for that reason, they're willing to vote for Romney. And, and what I generally have to ask these people is, do you really believe... Say, for example, we had elected John McCain. You know, would McCain, or this is like, you know, would he have done anything any better? And the thing that, you know, most activists bring up generally is the drone strikes. As if drone strikes were not being done during the Bush administration. As if drone strikes would not have been done in the hypothetical McCain administration. Um, as if drone strikes will not be done by the Romney administration. It, should he get elected? And that's just asinine. Of course they would be. You know, drone strikes are a factor of war. I don't like them any more than anything else. Uh, what I don't like, though, is that it's not a matter of suggesting that Obama would be a better president. I think that's a pointless argument. What What is a problem, though, is that kind of distracting away from the point of, you know, the reality of why, you know, these elections happen, and that is that both of the people that they hand feed us are useless. 
You know, that, that's just the way it is. Nobody's going to get elected or get close to being elected who isn't going to continue the status quo at least 90%. You know, that's the way these things work. You know, so I've been passing around different uh, memes that I've discovered on the Internet. Like one of them is two cow patties. And for those of you who are from the city and don't know what a cow, cow patty is, it's a pile of cow shit. <laughs> Part my French. And uh, on the meme it says you 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 got basically a picture of uh, grass um, and it's got two cow patties on it. And um, it says... In election 2012, be sure to choose carefully. <laughs> you know, you could choose from either cow patty or cow patty. Um, there was another really great one that was uh, it was a pair of like handcuffs, and you could choose left or right. You know, and either way, you'd still be in the handcuffs. Uh, you know, whether it was the left handcuff or the right handcuff. And I've been trying to get through to people. Uh, it, you know, when when ignorant people who don't know any better, who actually believe that the election system that they've been fed is actually, in theory, designed to facilitate things, I can give those people somewhat more of a pass. I usually spend a little time kind of describing the, the flaws of all of these candidates. But when activists, for example, make this big stand that Obama needs to get out of office, especially, I mean, mind you, if they're conservative activists, you know, I expect it, but there have all been some of the activists who've been saying this stuff are not necessarily conservative activists. And as a result, I just look at it and I'm just like, look, man, this is like choosing between whether or not you want to get bitch slapped by someone's left hand or their right hand. <laughs> Same result, different side of the face. It doesn't change anything. And that's why I say to people that, you know, well, I'm not an Obama fan and I'm not a Romney fan. I hate Romney. I despise Mitt Romney. I've hated him since 2008. He was the candidate I liked the least. I disliked him more than McCain. And this is back when I was a Ron Paul guy, you know, um, but I'm also not a Barack Obama fan. I am not a fan of virtually any mainstream politician who's going to get anywhere close to the final rounds of the presidential race, you know. Uh, so as a result, um, I, I tell people to just start thinking, and that is, you know, the, the first thing I usually tell people is vote third party. And they're always like, well, that's just throwing your vote away. And I'm like, okay, if the lesser of two evils is, well, still evil, then you're already throwing your vote away. Okay. Uh, voting for Mitt Romney or voting for Obama, the no real changes to any of the major issues are going to happen, you know. Uh, Mitt Romney's not going to pull us out of Iraq fully. He's not going to pull us out of Afghanistan. He's not going to change anything about the foreign policy. If anything, since the neoconservatives, the ones who brought us that wonderful preemptive war, you know, foreign policy, um, uh, if anything, electing any Republican is probably going to bring that kind of stuff to a head. It's going to make it even more intensive. But uh, neoconservatives have managed to find their ways into both parties. So I can't say that as a guarantee one way or the other. But I will say that the belief that choosing either of those candidates is going to fix anything is just, it's naive at best and ignorant at worst. Uh, and the idea that we can't vote for third-party candidates because it, you know it's like throwing your vote away, so I guess I'll just throw my vote away by voting for one of two candidates I don't like is also ridiculous. You know, regardless of whatever it is that they're saying to you during the course of their campaigns, 
you know, like the people who were voting for Obama because he was going to get us out of Iraq in the first four years of his administration. Um, it doesn't matter what they say to you. You know, look at the history of the situation and the status quo. And the status quo of the situation says that no matter who you elect, the you know these wars will continue as far as the president's concerned. No matter who you elect, abortion isn't going to change. Yeah, that's that's another thing that I just chuckle about is like people get really worked up about the abortion issue, whether or not the candidate is pro-life or pro-choice. I usually have to point out to them that you know we've issue from the beginning and abortion never changes. Uh, and the same thing is true basically across the board. No significant changes. So in any case, uh, this was just kind of a first trial run to this show type. I've talked to Summer, and Summer will be joining me for these shows in the future, but she is currently uh, busy with stuff at home. Uh, she's moving. So in the future, you'll have both of us kind of discussing these things. And um, I prepared next time. I had almost forgotten I was doing a lot of housework. So... Uh, to those of you who have, uh, you know, just tuned into this show, please check out my website, v-radio.org. And uh, I hope you guys will join me in the future for episodes of V-Radio News. If you have any links that you think are newsworthy that should be spread around to the Occupy movement, the Zeitgeist movement, the Hangman Project, etc., um, please don't hesitate to link them at my Facebook group, which you can get to via the website in the links section I will leave you guys with some words from Jack Fresco and Roxanne Meadows. This is Roxanne Meadows. And this is Jack Fresco. And you're listening to V Radio.